Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline this is the lombardi line with michael lombardi and patrick maher on vsin Okay, so Lombardi line, away we go as we close out week six tonight, Monday Night Football. We'll get to that in just a second, but we want to welcome you in. A chalky Sunday across the NFL. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. And the talk of the studio, Michael Lombardi, back in his office in Jersey. But he was on one yesterday on a Sunday, killing it. And then you hung out. <laughs> you hung out at the board. God, how was the rest of your day? Uh, you know, Patrick, I had an overtime day. I, you know, my two sons lost both overtime games. It just was not a good day, tough day to be in the Lombardi household, but you got to fight back and bounce back. And, you know, it was, uh, it was, I, I mean, the favorites were so good yesterday. I mean, the games were the one o'clock window wasn't great. Thank God we had the Patriot game. That was really entertaining, but really disappointing. I was one and two on my picks yesterday, which really irritates the hell out of me especially that the Browns didn't show up. Like, how did I miss that? You know, and uh, the Giants, I mean, you, mm. I will now admit mm. I have enrolled into uh, Betty Ford for rehab of the Giants. You will never hear me ever take them again, ever, 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 ever. I'm done with them. I, just when I thought Daniel Jones was good, just when he pulled me out, you know, just when he said I, he was good. He showed that one. That was horrible, Patrick. That was, it ended up closing seven and a half. Why don't we go ahead and start there? Because that was, listen, he had four turnovers. What do you have? Three picks and a fumble? No. I mean, it, it, it's. That was terrible. And, and listen, he is banged. Jones is banged up, but this was a an all out terrible performance. You have to start questioning the coach and judge. 
I mean, just that. What was he doing out there? You know, like why was he out there? It looked like just horrible. I mean. You know, and they looked like the team that really, you thought they were going to rebound from the disappointing game that they had down in Dallas when, you know, I was on them last week. Uh, just a def- Here's the thing I think that, I, and I've said this repeatedly, they're not as good as they were last year on defense. Without Blake Martinez, they can't cover anybody, even though they gave Adoree Jackson a zillion dollars. You know, this is a bad franchise. I mean, this is a bad franchise. Let's just be candid here. You know, they have the Panthers coming into town this week. Will they play better? Maybe they will. I don't know. But anytime they play against a good front like the the Rams mm-hmm. had, you know they just were able to make plays and and it was bad and you know and it started bad. That game was over in the first and you know at halftime that game was over. It was it was done. It's twenty eight to three at the half. No, they were never in the game. So you know, never in the game. Never in the game. And you know from from a and that that's where I think you know we saw there was movement on the Jags. The Jags went from three and a half to, to three. Right. We saw that there was a ton of movement on the the Giants from nine and a half all the way down to seven, right? There was there was movement on the Bengals, uh, the Detroit Lions. Remember, there was a ton of ton of steam on that. You know, we saw the steam go for the Colts and they ended up doing the cover, right? The the Broncos, I mean that line went from three to five. Yeah. Well I think the moral of the story today the moral of the story. Now you could say, well the Cowboys, that line was coming down too. The Cowboys end up covering, but that was circumstantial, I think. I really do. The Vikings line, the same thing with the Vikings-Panthers game. That line was moving, and the Vikings win, you cover, but that could have gone either way, too. So I, what my point is, I think sometimes this line movement is, is going to go either way. It's not an automatic. Well, a couple of things about, just to finish up on the Giants, four turnovers led to 21 points for the Rams. You'll never win a game that yeah. way. And by the way, you keep on saying it. It no. may be a good idea to cover Cooper Cup. I don't know. It just might be. Might what did he go? Nine for one thirty and two touchdowns. I mean, like I don't understand how the guy just runs free. Like, if you want to play zone, put somebody on him. The guy had twelve targets. He had nine catches for buck thirty. I mean, if you're going to put up on a whiteboard, like, what do we have to do to beat the Rams? Stop Cooper Cup. Throw the ball to Higby. Throw it to Jefferson. Throw it to Woods. Throw it to Henderson. Throw it to Jackson. Throw it to somebody. Don't throw it to Cooper. I mean, you know, I mean, John Walford played in the game. I mean, that's how bad that was. Poor Giant fans. There was a bunch of them at the Borgatti yesterday. Got to love it, too. You know, and they all give me the cross eye because they, they don't want to hear what I have to say about their team. But then after I say it, they all come over to me and they say, you know, you're right. But they don't really want to admit it, but they say you're right. And then, of course, I'm sure when I leave, they say, well, he's just a jerk anyways, you know. So, <laughs> but the truth is their team stinks. He's not a jerk. Uh, we mentioned a rough run for the books. The Ravens, the Cardinals. And the Seahawks ended up saving the books in, in a way. But again, it was nine and three straight up for the favorites, eight and four ATS on Sunday. The early window, Michael, the faves were seven and zero oh straight up and ATS. Unreal. Yeah, it was. And there, there was really wasn't a good game. I mean, the Washington football team was a good game at the half. It's 13 to 10. But when Tyreek Hill came back, when Superman put the cape back on, that game went got over 21-0 in the second half. Can you imagine getting shut out by the Chiefs defense in the second half? How demoralizing. <laughs> I mean, how demoralizing can that possibly be? And can, can, I, can we have an honest conversation? Oh, please. You know, about your Detroit Lions? You know, they play hard. Well, they do play hard, though. They play hard. But you know what Dan, you know what Dan Campbell really said after the game? You know what he said after the game? Yeah, I'm aware. Go ahead. About Jared Goff. Go ahead. 
Okay, you know what? Do you know what that translates to? Like, I know we don't have Google Translate on this show, but let's have Lombardi translate. Like, here's what Gamble, Campbell said, but here's what he really means. Can I tell you what he really means? Yes. Now I know why the Rams got rid of him. That's what he meant. Now I know why the Rams got rid of him. Now he would have called me. I would have been happy to tell him this six weeks ago or six months ago when he traded for him. But now I know why the Rams got rid of him. So instead of Siri, is Jared Goff good? Lombardi, what's up with Jared Goff? Goff face. He said, so in case those that missed it, and this was a Cincinnati dom. I mean, this, you know, 34-11 ended up closing three and a half. Detroit was never in this this football game. Um, But quickly, after the game, you know, he took, a, he was reflective and then he said it almost like he was trying. And this is Dan Campbell, Mr. Kneecaps. He said, Jared Goff has to step up and start making plays. I mean, he threw him under the bus, but it's just like, this is something that you should already know. It's Jared Goff, Michael. Yeah. Table for two by the heater. I mean, that's what we need, you know, table <laughs> for two by the heater. I mean, look, he, he's, the, the, you know, if everything it's seven on seven, he's great. You know, if he has time to make all the throws, he's great. He can do all those things. There's just this really this kind of this innate tenacity that he just doesn't have. And he's not a rhythm thrower. He's not a he's a play action pass thrower, just like Baker Mayfield's a play action pass thrower. You know, I mean, that game, they're behind 14 to nothing before they before they sit down. And the next thing you know, it's over because. You know, where I made a mistake for the betting public of why I recommended Cleveland yesterday and I was wrong is I didn't realize their two tackles were out. I thought they were going to play, you know, and I would have backed off that because of the two tackles didn't play. Willis and, and Conklin, those guys didn't play and they played backups and take nothing away from what the Arizona Cardinals did because they were sensational. They were great. But the reality of it is, is Baker's not a $40 million a year player. One thing about week six of the NFL season, we've uncovered some truths. We know Jared Goff's not great. We knew that before, if you listen to this program, but we know it. We know that Baker Mayfield's not worth $40 million, whether they give it to him or not. We know that's going to be a mistake. We know the Dallas Cowboys are as good as any team in the league. And as much as we want to talk about how great the Chiefs are on offense, the Cowboys can match the Chiefs point for point and offensive. They can do it all. And they're better on defense than the Chiefs, right? And we know that Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. I mean, these are things we know. So Cleveland ends up closing two and a half. You see it. They were never in this. The Cardinals didn't even need their A game. A 30, I thought Freddie Kitchens was back on the side. I thought your boy Freddie was back for the Browns. There was miscommunication all over the place and sloppy play. This was a horrible performance by the Browns. Really was disappointing too. I I, I expected better from them. Big spot. You know, three for 10 on third down. Big spot. You know, coming off a loss. You know, they had the ball 37 minutes. I thought they'd go out there and run the ball effectively. They couldn't run the ball on, on them. Now, they don't have their two tackles. And, you know, and then, of course, Mayfield hurts his shoulder again. And he says he's going to play on Thursday night. But I'm not sure you would. Why would you play him on Thursday night? Why, why not play Case Keenum and see what you, you know, I mean, how much difference is there between Case Keenum and Baker? Everybody's going, oh, there's tremendous amount. Really? I mean, Case Keenum took a team to the, to the conference championship game. He's not good enough. We know that. But neither is Baker. 
Yeah, this was a plus three in turnover margin for the Cardinals. And again, so many mistakes from Cleveland. If, it just didn't resemble the team that, you know, we had started to see. And you mentioned with Baker, I, I, one thing about Keenum starting, it's almost like Baker always needs that chip. I don't think it's a terrible idea to motivate him. He always needs his backup against the wall. When things start going well and he's fruitful is when he starts to struggle as he struggled lately here. Yeah, I I mean, it's look when he has to play outside his comfort zone. That's when it gets into real problems. Yeah, not coming when off. He that, has to yeah, play outside. Yeah, you're his right. Comfort not coming zone. off the run as much. When he can't just run play action. I mean, you know, that's when he really struggles. Uh-huh. And I think that's really the problem. No, you're right. How about Arizona quickly, and then we'll move on. Uh, but they, I, like I said, no Kingsbury didn't need their A game. This is a team that's six and zero. Oh. I for myself, I got hand to God. I didn't see this coming. That was an A performance from them yesterday. I didn't see it either. I thought for sure they would stub their toe. I mean, you know, but this seemed, you know, with Kingsbury going down, and I didn't think Murray was great yesterday. Like you, you said it the best. They didn't bring their A game, and they still were able to dominate. Yeah, I meant to say it wasn't an A performance, and they had, you know, I think they fumbled the ball three or four times, so they can clean that up. They had no Chandler Jones. We mentioned the play calling was missing without Kingsbury, and they walk out a straight-up winner against a team that was in the postseason last year and expects to be there again this year. Cardinals continue to roll. Um, I mean, the first 20 plays of the game, they get 14 points. They took the ball right down the field twice. Yeah, it, it really, it's yeah. Cleveland is, if you just look across the board, throw Detroit out, who cares? Bad performances. Cleveland was right at the bottom yesterday. No, no doubt. No doubt. Okay. When we come back, can we get into those overtime games, including the one in New England? Please. Where I don't know if they really ever should have been in it. So you give them credit for being in it. They but the turnovers in the red zone for Dallas killed them. We'll come back and discuss but they that game. They should have had it. We can go talk about it. But they should have won it before overtime. Okay. New England, Dallas coming up next. The Monday edition. We'll also get to Monday Night Football here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, gonna, not the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. 
So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, football season is here. Of course, week six concludes tonight. Buffalo at Tennessee with Buffalo laying six. The place to bet it is BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app. State-of-the-art technology. You're going to love it. If you're in town, bring your state-issued ID to any MGM property, and you're ready to go. 1-800-522-4700. Okay, as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line, we have to talk about one of the wildest games in memory. It's an overtime 35-29 win for Dallas. They outgained New England 567 to 335. They ran 32 more plays. Time of possession was inordinately towards the Cowboys. But they they have to hold on. Dak threw for 445 yards. That's the most ever against a Bill Belichick coached Patriots team. That includes the postseason. But what it comes down to for Dallas is the two turnovers in the red zone, 12 penalties for 115 yards, and the Patriots were hanging around, Michael. Yeah, they played great in the red zone. I mean, and then Dak, he injures his calf on that last throw. You know, he had to go get an MRI. He says he's okay, but I wondered if he could have continued the game. You know, if they could have gotten off the field, you know, if that could have gone incomplete, would he have been able to come back and play? I don't know. I mean, look, the Patriots had their chance. They have a third and 25, right? And they give up a 24-yard in cut. Mm-hmm. How that happen? You can't let that happen. Earlier in that drive, they had a fourth and four. They give up a, he throws the hitch out there, a wild hitch, and Wilson makes an incredible catch. Just an incredible catch. I mean, the Patriots had every chance. You know, the Patriots are a two and four team. They take the two best teams in the AFC, in the NFC, the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they take the, 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 uh, the, the uh, Dallas Cowboys to the wire, to the wire. They can't close it. You know, the, and I knew... In overtime, I knew when they won the toss, I said, 
to Millie, I said, they got they got to score here. They got to get a touchdown. The game's over because they, they were exhausted on defense. They couldn't play defense anymore. It was way too tiring. And they, they had run around all day chasing Lamb, you know, 40. When you run around for 51 passing attempts, that's a lot of that's a lot of running. You know, that's basically an Australian's rules football to game. I mean, so they, they they had a tough time with that. But to me, more than anything, more than anything was that they had that third down, third down against the, the Tampa Bay Bucks, third and three. Mac Jones throws the ball and it gets tipped. They don't. They have to settle for the 51 yarder. They just miss it. Yesterday, they've got a third and four. He throws the ball on the outside to Aguilar. If he throws it over to the left side, which is where the bunch was, which is where I think he should have gone with the ball. I don't know that for sure, but he had the bunch. They knew they were going to get zero coverage, and Jacoby Myers is wide open and doesn't make that throw. And these are the little things that good teams do to win games, and the and the Patriots didn't do it because they're a young team trying to struggle. I mean, you know, the fact that they were able to do what they did in the little amount of time that they had the football was somewhat remarkable. But the Patriots are too slow on defense. They can't get any plays. They can't make any plays on the ball. I mean, that's really the most concerning thing. They barely get their hands on any footballs. I mean, they had in a game where there were 51 passing attempts, they only touched the ball eight times. And J.C. Jackson was four of those. I mean, you're not if you can't, not going to make any plays on the ball. It's hard. Yeah, Dallas cashes the four, ends up closing four over the fifty and a half. I was thinking about you because not just the middle eight, but the Patriots moved the ball well, but they didn't score in the second and third. You know, this was that middle part of the game where Dallas and it's what's fascinating about Dallas. The Cowboys, excuse me, the Cowboys racked up what five sixty seven total in offense, and yet the Patriots were still in it. I don't know if you're Belichick. I don't know if you're what you take from it, but I'm guessing he's focusing on defense today. Well, he's got to be. I mean, he's got to try to find out. No, really, they didn't get much pressure. I mean, Dak got through the game without really getting hit very much. You know, and they've got to find a way to be able to – they couldn't win first down. The Cowboys are really effective on first down. And they couldn't get off the field. You know, they couldn't get off the field. And, look, they're, they're, these the, the Cowboys are hard to play. I mean, the, they got all these weapons all over the field. I, I, I think this, you know, people talk about the Chiefs being this great offense with Mahomes. The Cowboys can match anybody offensively, especially when their offensive line plays as well as it did yesterday. With the two tight ends that they utilize, Jarwin and D- Dutch Schultz, you know, I love to call him Dutch Schultz as the mobster. You know, but, I mean, they've got C.D. Lamb. Gallup's not even playing. And they've got the two backs. I mean, yeah, they're, they're good. You know, the thing, the thing is, McCarthy might help you at the end of the day. You know, some of his decision-making is beyond bizarre. But, you know, for the most, he goes for it fourth and one early in the game. And then on the fourth and one, he tries the 51-yarder. I didn't think Zerline was going to make it. I really didn't. Also, 12 penalties for 115 yards on the Cowboys. You can look to that in the turnovers in the yeah. red zone as to why the Patriots were hanging. And, and the Patriots didn't take advantage of it. They had the holding call, and then they had the the the, uh, the unsportsmanlike conduct. You got a third and 25. Third and 25, and you give up a 24-yard in cut? Are you kidding me? I mean, that's the killer. That's the killer. Where was he going to go with the ball? And then to say it's say it would have been fourth and twenty. He would have had to go for it on that. I mean, there's you got two chances to get off the field and you can't. And look, you know they score the touchdown. You know this always happens every time you every time a bad play happens. Look at the play before, right? The play before they throw a touchdown pass. 
to uh, Jacoby Myers in the end zone, right? Second and seven, great throw, great catch, touchdown. They get a call back for holding. Next play, Randy Gregory, who is sensational, by the way. Randy Gregory finally looks like the player that he was at Nebraska. Yeah, great. Sensational. Finally back, you know, and strip sack, and now they get the ball back. And instead of going up, instead of going up 21 to 10, they're, the next drive they're down, they, they, they give up a touchdown. They give up the field goal. It goes 14-10. So, you know, they have their own self to blame in that second quarter. You know, they had third and third and three. They can't get a first down. They're just they're a young team experience it. You know, third and two to start the second half off. And, you know, they and, and, and Mac Jones gets sacked by Randy Gregory. You know, you just can't you can't do that. Cowboys took a chance on Gregory. It's paying off now, as you just mentioned. Would you? I'm just curious, as an aside, what, what you took from Jones. He had the 75 yarder to Bourne after the mistake. He shows resilience. I mean, he's he's making mistakes. But what'd you take from Jones? I think he's resilient. I think he's tough as hell. I think he's only going to get better. You know, sometimes you worry, does he have enough arm? But the ball gets there, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. The ball gets there. You know, and and it's got enough zip on it, and it seems like you know the throw he makes. You know, when, when Aguilar drops that in cut in overtime where he might have kept running, you know, the next third down, third and nine, he's under intense pressure, makes a great throw to Hunter Henry. I mean, I think they have just t- hit the tip of the iceberg. They, they're they going to get going eventually here, but they haven't gotten there yet, partly because, you know, Mac is slowly developing himself as a player. I mean, we saw Trevor Lawrence is doing the same thing, you know, from the Cincinnati game that they lost on Thursday night to where he was yesterday beating Miami. He's made tremendous progress in his game, and Max making the same progress. Both those two young players don't look like rookies any longer. By the way, I thought Kenny Rogers passed away, RIP, but the gambler is in the secondary there for the Cowboys because your boy Trayvon Diggs is taking gambles all over the place. Now they're paying off. He's got six picks and six. He's got seven picks and six games, another pick six yesterday. But oftentimes, he's Marcus Peters-like with his gambling. Yeah. No doubt. He's going to get double moved from here on out. Everybody's going to just keep double moving him. But but again, I said it on the program. Tony Romo said it on the air yesterday. Give Dan Quinn credit. He's no longer just running the Pete Carroll scheme. Give Dan Quinn a ton of credit. He deserves it because he went home after he got fired from Atlanta and he did a self-analysis. He did an autopsy of his career and he changed. And those changes have really helped the Cowboys. Look, the Cowboys have a better defense right now than any time the Chiefs had. And the Cowboys are just as explosive as the Chiefs. Frankly, other than not having Tyreek Hill, the Cowboys have just as good a personnel offensively as the Chiefs do. They've got a blue-chip quarterback. They've got tight ends that are not the same level as Kelsey, but C.D. Lamb's a blue-chip. Amari Cooper's blue-chip. You know, you're going to come back with Michael Gallup, who will be a red trip. This, the, 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 you know, the, the Lewis kid, I mean, he's really good. You know, the, so they're, they're able – to make so many play Wilson, excuse me, not Lewis Wilson. I mean, they're really good. They have all the weapons they need and Dak is doing well. And that offensive front is playing at a high level. They're scary. That lamb is going to be a superstar. They really are. The lamb is going to be a superstar. Lamb's great. I'm, He's hard to match up to see, you know, and then what happens is that they, they get such good positivity on first down. You know, I don't see Kellen Moore as a head coach. I think he's a good play caller. But I don't see him as a head coach yet. I know Romo's going to give him a head coaching job tomorrow. And if that's what you want as a play caller, as your head coach, good luck. How tough will your team be? I don't know. We've seen this happen way too many times. Guys get head coaching jobs because they call good plays. That doesn't make you a great head coach. They're 5-1. and one. They're 6-0 and oh, ATS, the only team left in the NFL. Uh, the 
are they legit? Is this a championship team? Are you concerned about McCarthy? Well, I mean, you got to be concerned about him. You know, people would say the same thing about Kingsbury. Are you concerned about him for Arizona? I say say the same thing about LaFleur at Green Bay. You know, I mean, Bruce Arians has won it. You got Brady. I mean, there's four Super Bowl contending teams in the NFC. There's no doubt. Green Bay, Arizona, you know, Tampa, and and we see now with the with the Cowboys. You see your boy Aaron Rodgers talking smack to the Bears fans. I still effing own. Well, I, I thought mean, he was like Mr. Yoga. Them. Mr. He he is yeah. Mr. Meditation, but he was going in on the fans. I mean, we'll get to that. Good start, Michael Lombardi. When we come back, our boy TG. He's not going to be in a good mood. I'll just warn you. When we come back with Borgata Racing Uh-oh. Sportsbook Director Thomas Gable next here on the Lombardi Line. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. 80% of the bets tonight on Buffalo in Tennessee. How do you know? Because you go to vsen.com and check out the current betting splits. It's a new feature, it gives you insight on where the money and the bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Check out the data right now. Money line over under. Against the spread, betting splits are available right now. VSIN.com and check it out. Okay, we welcome you back here. Lombardi Line, hope you had a nice weekend. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, he's Michael Lombardi. We now head out to the Borgata, race and sportsbook director, Thomas Gable. And I, I, I mean this sincerely when I say, are you doing okay, Thomas? <laughs> I am doing okay. Good, good morning to you, Patrick. Uh, good afternoon, Michael. Uh, yes, we listen. We all know what happened yesterday with the favorites. Uh, the books certainly uh, took a bath, and you know I'm sure a lot of them took heavy losses yesterday. I can honestly say we escaped the bloodbath here. Good. And yeah, so you know I'm I'm quite pleased with the results. How from yesterday how did you escape here. it? Give so, me some of the give me yes. some of the big ones. Yeah. So let's let's go through these. So certainly we listen. We reported losses on parlays and teasers. And, you know, we, we, in fact, I just had a guy up here two minutes ago. He made a, uh, a $10 bet yesterday and ended up cashing out for 11 grand on his parlay. So good for him. I mean, there's a lot of parlays that got paid out. But when you look at some of these games in the early slate, we had tickets written, like we'll take Chiefs-Washington. Let's start with that one. So many more tickets written on the Chiefs, but we had more bigger money come in on Washington here. So that was a big decision for us that went our way. The Chiefs finally covered a game. Doesn't happen often, but they did it yesterday. That went in our favor. Um, The Packers and Bears, same thing. The public all over the Packers, ton of smaller bets. The ticket count is way up there on the Packers, but we had more money on the Bears. So that went our way. And then the the big one was the Rams and Giants. I mean, we had so much Giants money coming in that that opened at ten and a half, closed at seven and a half, and obviously we we saw what happened there. I mean, that was um, I don't even know if Daniel Jones should have a job after that. But uh, it was, but again, that went our way. And then you go to the later state teams. Um, the Broncos were getting heavily okay, bet. 
I'm sorry, Thomas. We're going to take you, just pull you down for one second, put you on hold. I'll have Michael respond to what you're discussing there, get you straightened out on the line. Uh, but and it, 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 we always talk about those splits, Michael, where, you know, yeah. almost like chipping away a ton of bets, a ton of tickets being rid up on one team, but then the money comes back the other way big like Washington, so he gets saved there. Yeah, you know, I think we see it too. I mean, just because the favorites all won yesterday, that doesn't necessarily mean the public was betting the favorites. I think when you look at it, there was a ton of money on Washington, as Thomas said. A lot of people, I mean, the line moved for the Giants. The line moved from nine and a half to seven. That was money moving that line, right? We saw that. The line moved towards New England. We saw that. So when there's line movement and the line movement doesn't cash, the books are going to do good. Yeah, well put. And well, I think that's what Thomas is basically saying to us. Yeah, and tonight I can guarantee he's going to need Tennessee because preponderance of the bets and the money on Buffalo. We'll get to that in a second as we bring Thomas Gable, race and sportsbook director at the Borgata back in. My guess is the Seahawks, the Raiders, and the Cardinals all were good in your stead. Yes, the Seahawks, the Raiders, and the Cardinals, you needed all three of those? Yes, yep, you are correct. The only late game there, the Cowboys obviously pulling out that cover, didn't go our way, but uh, you're correct in those other three games. They were all good results for us. Um, And really, probably the worst result of the day for us was the Ravens game. Um, That was the only game that I could say was a really bad result just in a single game. So uh, a great day for the public for sure. Uh, And, you know, bad day for the books in general, but I I can't say we had a bad day here. Well, we are happy to hear that. You know, you know, Thomas, you know, Thomas, I think when you look at all this line movement that we're seeing on Sunday morning and, and, you know, the giants certainly had a ton of it. Denver had a ton of it and that didn't come through. I mean, do you do you do you think that is line? You think that's the sharps had a bad day yesterday, or do you just think that was happenstance? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yes, they definitely had a bad day uh, yesterday. I think um, if you talk to most of the respected NFL betters, they probably did not have a good day um, with the results because that was a game you point out there, the Raiders Broncos. That was one that got bet up tremendously. Broncos. Laying three is where that opened. Close laying five. So a lot of Broncos money and respected money there. And the Broncos just didn't show up for that game. Can I ask you this way no, on Monday? No and I, th- go, I th- go ahead, Michael. Go ahead, Patrick. No, I was just going to. Well, no, I was going to say this. I, yeah, go. Go ahead. I, w- I was going to say that when, when you look at the Colts, Texans, right? You look at the, the giant game. I mean, a lot of the people that, that do power ratings like I do. You know, that number in the Colts-Texan game really was favorable to take in the Texans. That number in the Giants-Rams game was favorable to take in the Ram, to take in the Giants. You know, it wasn't as favorable in the, in the Bengals game. It was kind of like right where it was. It stayed there. So when you power rate and these games come in where they become – where the other team just blows them away and covers a huge spread – that's going to happen if you power it. You're just going to have one of those weekends. And I think that's really what Thomas is saying. Yep. Most sharps or people that you'd use power ratings, you know, they go with, they see a number that they like. The Steelers, like the Steelers I had as a five point, you know, the, the Steelers should have been able to cover that line. They didn't based on the power rankings without Russell Wilson. And they, they end up closing a three pointer. And, you know, it's just one of those days. Yep. No, well put. Now, may I ask you this way? Is Tennessee going to be one of the biggest decisions for you all season? Because 
the tickets, the money, everybody's on Buffalo. Is that the same at the Borgata, Thomas? Yeah, currently it is. And I think here's where I think a lot of the books, not only are you going to have liability just on Buffalo for this game, I mean, you've already seen the line movement here. Four and a half is where it opened. It's now up to six. The amount of parlays and teasers that are probably still alive from yesterday going into this game is probably going to be another, you know, massive uh, liability here for the book. So, um, you know, listen, when you, again, come back to the power ratings, what Michael was just talking about, when you power rate these two teams, yeah, Buffalo should be about a four and a half, five point favorite, depending, you know, where you have these teams. The Bills are the number one team in the NFL in my power ratings right now. But the the Titans, it, it really scares me defensively if they can get enough pressure on Josh Allen here to make any sort of difference. The, the Bills are just a very scary team right now. They really are. And, and this game really, I mean, I don't think Henry's had five straight 100-yard games. I think this will be a game, if he does, would be the first time he's had that. They're going to need to really run Henry. Henry's going to have to be the guy that it, it controls the game and keeps them in front because I think where Buffalo will gain an advantage in this game is if they can force Tennessee to have to play from behind. And that offensive line like we saw in Cleveland yesterday where it has to become a drop-back pass game. See, the Cardinals have done this twice to two teams that run this scheme. The Cardinals beat the, beat the Tennessee Titans opening day because they had to throw a drop back. They can't. They beat the Browns the same way. That's how Buffalo must do this game if they're going to win. If the Titans win, it's because they play from in front. How'd you do on the Raiders' decision? Raiders ended up closing, catching five. Obviously, a straight-up winner there in Denver, Thomas. Yeah. No, that was, a, that was the best result of the later games for us because we had a lot of Broncos money. Um, the, uh, that, that was just a, a really good one. And, uh, same with, uh, Cardinals Browns in the later slate. Um, you know, ton of respect and money on the Browns. That's all you heard about all week, you know, with, with between the COVID issues going on in Arizona, uh, coaching staff, I believe they're missing their starting center. So the narrative going into that was, Hey, this should be Cleveland's spot and just, the turnovers killed them, and obviously Mayfield seems to be injured now. So um, a lot of things going on there with Cleveland. Are you going to break out your Eddie jo- Eddie George jersey tonight at the window and wear the Titans jersey tonight? <laughs> yeah, I might. I might have to. How, did you make it? Did, uh, did you get? Did you make some cash off the the the, the walk off with the Braves again? I'm guessing people came back and bet Scherzer. Yeah. Yes, that's that's correct. They definitely did. People were were heavy on LA uh, yesterday. Um, today we have uh, the Astros and Red Sox uh, going with Rodriguez pitching for the Red Sox. Uh, right now, Red Sox slight favorite there um, for tonight's game. So. We'll see what happens. Very balanced money and ticket count, though, currently here on that game. That would be Michael Lombardi's Houston Astros, just to be clear. Those are those yes. are his, his Astros. Him and Mattress Mac. <laughs> okay. Well, Thomas, you avoided the bloodshed. Congratulations. Thank you, TG. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, TG. Right, thanks, Thank you, TG. Okay. Race and Sportsbook Director at the Borgata. Stop by and say hi. Coming up next, Mr. No Punt, William Hill, is going to join Michael and myself coming up here on the Lombardi line.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, tonight, BetMGM's got the plug. It is Monday Night Football, $10 to win 200 Buffalo or Tennessee, if they score a touchdown, you're a new better at BetMGM. You're going to win 200 bucks, paid for in free bets. It's that simple. They got everything. Boosted odds, specials, daily promotions. It's all at your fingertips at BetMGM. BetMGM.com or download the app. Must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, we get you back here on the Lombardi line, a Monday edition. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, he's Michael Lombardi. Join now by our boy, Will Hill, Point Spread Weekly. And I just saw the text. Will, you wanted to start with uh, the Patriots here. 
The Patriots yesterday missed our boy Lombardi. For those of you that don't know, Lombardi, part of his responsibility was handling the challenges. I, I thought <laughs> first half there was a bad spot. They should have challenged it. I thought Belichick did a bad job. Kraft did a bad job not keeping Lombardi. They had to challenge that, and I thought they would go for it. After that, they ended up getting the pump blocked in what was a crazy game. But, uh, man, tough loss for the Patriots. I just thought that was one thing that uh, that needed to be mentioned. That was a really bad spot they got in, in what was just a wild game. I thought it was, too. I thought it was a bad spot, too. I don't think it was a first down, but I thought it was a bad spot. I did think it was a bad – I didn't think it was a first down, but I, I thought it was. And then, you know, it's to, to get a punt block when you spend as much time as the Patriots do in the kicking game is almost unexcusable. And this is the second time it's happened at home. I mean, they're 0-4 at home. And the Saints game, they blocked the punt for a touchdown. And this game, they're fortunate they didn't get it blocked for a touchdown. Other takeaways, week six on that Sunday, we just talked about how chalky it was, but for you, Will, what stood out? Your boy, your boy stood out to me. He gave me a heart attack. I had the under, I think it was 47 and a half for the Lions Bengals. It's 34 to three with three minutes left. <laughs> now, first of all, they race down the field to score a touchdown like it's the NFC Championship game and they're yes. in overtime or yes. something. They go for two, great, congratulations. 34-11, there's two minutes left. Onside kick, they don't get it. Cincinnati's taking knees mm -hmm. with two minutes left. And Detroit's calling timeout. Like, what are you doing? I, I get you're trying to establish a culture. I get they try hard. But, I mean, there comes a point. I'm probably going to be looking to fade them second half of the year. I, that's got to wear thin. I mean, there's 53 guys in that locker room. A few of them got to be rolling their eyes. Look, look, we're calling timeouts here. We're down 23 with a minute left. And we're calling timeouts. What are we doing? I'll pass that to Michael. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that I think he's a guy who's trying to identify the culture. I mean, a lot of people are on Detroit in that game, and you know, it, it's it, Detroit's not good, you know, and and we've said it all year, and we know golf can make a few plays, but and they've been in every game. This is one of the few games they weren't in. And this is one of the few games they weren't in, and I think when you're zero and five now, zero and six, and you read your press clippings that you've been in every game, I think they kind of actually expected they thought they were going to win this game. And they played like a team that was the favorite, not the team that, that was starving for the win. A very is Cincy good. Let me let me jump in here. Is Cincy good? They can actually jump into a tie. For, they would lead first place if they beat Baltimore with a tiebreaker. They're pretty good on defense, second yards per play. We know how good Burrow is. Is Cincy good? I think Cincy is good on is better is good on defense. But look, let's say the Jacksonville had them right. Will I mean Jacksonville yeah. had a beat on their own field on Thursday night. Uh, I, I think to me, uh, it depends. Their, their opponents. I mean, they beat a Minnesota game. You you know they should have lost that. Cook was down on that fumble. You know they could have easily lost the since the, the, the Jacksonville game. I think this will be the true test. I'm surprised this line isn't seven. I think there's going to be a lot of Baltimore action at six and a half. I really do. I think it's going to force the line to go to seven here against Cincinnati because I'm not sure they can protect well enough. And I think Burrow will turn the ball over playing there. And the way, the way Baltimore played run defense yesterday gives me the sense that they'll play good against Mixon now if they can match up to the receivers. Look, if you can slow down the Chargers, you can slow down. The, the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think they will. The problem is, are the Bengals good enough on defense? I don't think they are. I think you can move the football. The Bengals, the Jaguars did. I think the Ravens will as well. So Michael's point about many thought the Lions were going to beat Cincinnati, a very pessimistic journal. Uh, the journalists there in Detroit are very pessimistic because they've been beaten down. Many of them had them winning straight up on the field yesterday at Ford Field. Now, oh yeah, yeah, it was, and a lot of betters as well. Minnesota, Carolina. Uh, your boy, MVP Kirk, an overtime winner, 34-28. I, I don't think Zimmer's, a very, Zimmer's not a very good coach. Let's be fair. 
You know, look, he covers spreads. He's, he's one of the best coaches all time against the spread, which I respect, but I, I generally agree with you. He just doesn't go for the throat. They're very conservative. Uh, here's my issue with Cousins. Now, he played well, especially at the end of the game, but it's a tie game, 31 seconds left. They're at midfield with two timeouts, mm-hmm. and they end up settling. That's four or five plays. They end up settling for a 48-yard field goal. I mean, how do you only get 16 yards? And they had no negative plays. Dunk. They just don't go for the throat enough. They got a lot of talent. I mean, Osborne's become a hell of a player. Thielen, Jefferson, Cook, uh, a little better on the defensive line with a pass rush. That team could easily be 4-2, and 5-1. and one. I mean, they killed Carolina on the stats. They killed them. And how Carolina got that came to overtime was a miracle. I mean, it was 4th and 10. Carolina had it on their own goal line. Next thing you know, they're, they're going in for a touchdown and a two-point conversion in typical Vikings fashion. Yeah, I mean, look, it's remarkable how they were able to do it. Osborne's been the, to me, he's been the delight of their camp. I mean, he's a fifth-round pick. You know, Patrick, you have to draft receivers early in the draft or else you'll never get one. It's a rule. Well, Osborne's a fifth-round pick. Yeah, it's a rule. Thielen's a free agent, but you have to draft him early or else it's just a waste of time. But anyway, you know, because that's what Twitter tells you. But the, the, the reality here is is that I, I was really impressed with their defensive front. I mean, you know, poor Matt Rule had to watch James Lynch get a sack. He had him at Baylor for three years. He knows them, you know, and they're able to rush the passer and they're getting by with their secondary. And, you know, I agree with Will. I think if they went for the jugular a little bit more, they've got some weapons. And when their offensive line blocks well enough, and really the Panthers only got pressure when they blitzed. I thought the Panthers would do more damage with their front four. I thought Byrne and all those players, Brown, I thought they would be able, Fox, I thought they would put more pressure on Cousins and really cause them to melt down. But he made some incredibly great throws in that game, especially the, the touchdown pass to put him up early. That throw on that out right there, that was as good as it gets right there. Yeah, Will, I apologize to your head coach, Will, and Zimmer. To say he's not a good coach, the lack of aggression was yeah, driving me nuts yesterday. He's a bit of a dinosaur. That, I agree with you, a little conservative. And I would actually recommend a future on Minnesota. I think they're better than maybe the market thinks they are. The only thing is, you look at their schedule. Their schedule is death. Now, that applies to all the NFC North teams because they have to play the NFC West and, uh, you know, I mean, all, and the AFC North. So their schedule is. So is the. Okay, we're gonna well, see. you know, we we get them. We get them when they come back uh, Monday. You know, we next Sunday night. I think we have them. Not this Sunday. Two weeks from now, we get them against the Cowboys. The Cowboys go up to Minnesota after their bye week, so we'll get to take a good look at them and see how they handle that. I, I worry that if you can block them, you can attack the secondary. And you know, I think Cincinnati was able to get away with a little bit. But uh, you know the the Panthers certainly didn't. They had they had Sam Darnold on the on on. They really were after him, and he was. It didn't till late that he played well. Okay, we'll get Will back in here with his play on Monday night. Now, eighty percent of the bets, almost ninety percent of the money, all over Buffalo. This number's driven up to six. Key number in Tennessee. Where you at, Will? I like the Titans. I think if you're betting the Bills, you're really paying a tax on the Kansas City game. The look ahead line before that was three, three and a half. Not only they beat Kansas City, they blow them out. Not only they blow them out, they do it on prime time Sunday night in front of everybody. Uh, these teams played last year. Remember that weird Tuesday night game right around this time last year? The Titans beat them, beat them. Okay, let's pull Will down. We're losing him with the Skype signal there. But that one, like I mentioned, Michael, I, I you, you could see it right in front of you. 80% of the bets, 90% of the money all over Buffalo. It's all over Buffalo, and Will's right. I mean, the line, the look-ahead line was three, and now all of a sudden it's gotten carried away. And, look, Buffalo has earned it. I mean, they've played really well, and, and this is going to take a Herculean performance 
from the Titans defensively, particularly because they have not been really able to slow anybody down. I mean, they struggle to to get things done defensively, and we'll see. I mean, they struggle against the run. They give up almost four and a half yards, and they give up 13.2 yards per completion, 8.4 in the passing game. That's not a good sign when you're going into play, and I could see why the number is shifting towards Buffalo because Buffalo on paper looks like they should easily win by two touchdowns. However, we know Monday night games are always a little tricky, and we know the home team always plays its best. It's going to be perfect weather in Tennessee, 60 degrees, no rain, so we, no issues there. You mentioned the scoring and the lack of being able to prevent it on the Titans' side. How about the total? you got a big one, 53-and-a-half. Bill's involved in a 53-and-a-half total here. I think you got to slow the pace down. I think Henry's got to carry the ball. You can't get into a track meet with the Bills. You don't win. I think we saw that with the Cowboys and the Patriots yesterday. Patriots win that game if they don't go to if they can keep it from going. They, we said on our show if it's 27-24, they can win it. If it goes into the 30s, the Patriots can't win it, and that's what happened. It's the same thing with this game. It's got to play. To, now that game went in overtime, so the over kicked in. But this is the same way because here's the reality. The, the Titans have given up 20 sacks in five games. Their quarterback takes a beating. And if they don't control the pace of the game and they don't get playing from in front, Tannehill will get sacked six to seven times in a game and turn the ball over. The Titans are giving up 26 per. The Bills are leading the league with at 34 per. Yards per play allowed, the Titans are 27th in the league. And by the way, in the last 35 games, the Titans have gone over 25-9-1. This is they cannot get it figured out on defense. Yeah, I mean if you're playing if you're playing Tennessee, you just like the number and you're a contrarian better because this should be this should be a route by 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 ten, by Buffalo, but you know we all know that that never usually happens. Okay, Packers continue to roll after that week one disaster. We'll get to that next here, Lombardi line. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. 
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today.